What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Trust the Bank podcast. It's after week nine. It's a live stream. Joshua, I gotta I gotta mention one guy, and let's just talk about him to start off. Keaton Mitchell. Oh, yeah. What are your thoughts on that big game? Oh man, come on, man. You know what my thoughts is, baby. Uh JK's gone. Um, I'm listen. Um Justice Hill. His them offensive them offensive reps is about to be uh it's about to be uh shortened. Cause I mean, anyway, you know, justice, justice can't stay up, stay up on this uh, two feet, and it, it, it is sometimes before the contact. <laughs> and but we all have seen the highlights of Keaton Mitchell. We've all heard of Keaton Mitchell um, from coming out of ECU. You know, I, I don't know if we did a video on Keaton Mitchell during draft time, but if we did, you know, we did probably uh, talk about our undrafted. Uh, rookie free agents, and I know he, I know for sure he was one of the guys that we did highlight and talk about, especially with his father, you know, part of that 2000 um, Super Bowl team. And I believe his father was actually an undrafted, uh, he was, free agent. Yeah. so you know, it's a lot of ties to Baltimore, it's a lot of history, and he had his chance to shine. You know, we always felt like he can, you know, can be that guy that can make things happen. You know, he came back from injury, he did get that one, uh, shovel pass uh, the week before and made some things shake. We saw what he could do in the preseason when he had the ball in his hand. We just finally need to see what happened in the regular season. Hey, y'all, we, we finally got the time. We finally was able to see it. Nine nine carries for 138 yards. Hey, man, listen, I know we still – I know everybody still want those design runs out of Lamar, but, hey, we got a home run hitter. We got a home run hitter. <laughs> yeah, and, like, the way that it all – worked out it was like the ravens were like all right let's throw it in there because they john harbaugh talked about it. i'm sorry brother jim talked about it um yet to change the name uh, but he talked about it you know when they got him the football on that you know shuttle pass you know a yeah. week ago or a couple weeks ago and it was like okay he said that you know he's been working his tail off and he, he's looked good on special teams they wanted to give him an opportunity and they were like it, you know more opportunities are going to come and in this game it felt like they were like let's give him let's give him something we're up by, you know, we're winning in the second half, but, like, let's give him something. Let's see what he can do. And he rips that first one, and he – I mean, like, that first run, you know, it's not going to make the the top ten plays of the week, but it was like, oh. So he is what we thought. Like, he yeah. is what we were hoping he would be. Yeah. And he just goes up there, and he, like, you know, is able to go through – because he's, he's a little guy. He's not a big bruising back, but he was just – bouncing off of guys and he fights through the contact and he's able to get like nine, 10 yards. I was like, okay. And then the Ravens are like, do it again. And he runs the ball, <laughs> fights through contact, gains like seven yards on his next run. It was like, man, getting the ball again. And then like, just kept feeding him. And it showed like the Ravens were like, okay, okay. Show me again. Show me again. And he just kept doing it. And then all of a sudden he breaks the 40 yard touchdown. I was like, man, what can they have this guy do? And like his next touch is a sixty-yard run. And you're like, whoa! Like this is the this is the burst. This is the speed that we've been looking for at that running back position because we have Gus Edwards and we know what Gus Edwards is. Gus Edwards is a bruiser. He's a great. He's one of the best bruisers in the NFL. He might be the second best bruiser in the NFL behind uh, King Henry. But Keaton Mitchell came in and he showed exactly why Ravens fans were so excited that we got him, and you know why we've been asking the Ravens, please play Keaton Mitchell, because we've been looking for a speed burst alongside Lamar Jackson, and he showed it against a fast Seahawks secondary. Witherspoon, Reek Woolen, uh, Reed in the secondary, 
You know, they've even got fast linebackers. Like, this is not a slow defense. And Keaton Mitchell was just zooming by everybody. And see, and when I was texting you through the game, I said, you know, you remind me of number 10, you know, from uh, Kansas City, from the Kansas City Chiefs team. Um, Isaiah Pacheco, I believe yep. I'm saying his name correctly. And, you know, when you look at the body frame, you know, Isaiah is 5'10", 216. Keaton Mitchell, I just looked it up. Um, this was during his sophomore year. He was like 5'9", 184. I'm pretty sure he's in the 200s now because he is in the NFL. Granted, you know, Isaiah maybe had over 124 carries, 500-something yards uh, with Kansas City and three touchdowns. He averaged 4.2 yards. And if you watch Kansas City football, he's a small, he's a small, compact dude, but he doesn't go down easily. If you watch Keaton Mitchell during the preseason and even, you know, in last week's game, he can take some contact. He can still, you know, turn in, turn up that next gear. And he doesn't go down easily. That's what we need. I mean, if he's anything like, you know, possibly, you know, Ray Rice, you know, on the field, on the field, of course, uh, before injuries and everything else, you know, um, that is another push that gets us over the hump in the playoffs and um, possibly to a Super Bowl. I mean, we definitely talked about, you know, the running game. Um, when they when, uh well, talking about getting a running back during the trade deadline uh, to help Gus Edwards out. And, you know, we had to just trust the process. You know, shout out to Lisa that kept on saying, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And that's what they did. They didn't uh, – it wasn't broke. They didn't have to fix it. They had somebody in, in the stable, which we usually do when it comes to running backs. Um and they usually show up for us. And, you know, I shout out to Keaton Mitchell. I want to see him keep continuing to progress. The run game is going to be a key thing that's going to be, you know, our bread and butter to help us, you know, along the road, especially with some of the games that we have um, for the second second uh, end of the season. Because it's going to be rough. It's going to be rough. Uh, it's getting colder out here. Um, I know every, some teams still throw the ball, but that's not us. We love to throw the ball. I mean, we love to run the ball down the team's throat, take off time of possession, throw when we need to. And um, yeah, I, I like I like what I saw, and I hope he definitely continues to build off of that. Yeah, and, and we talked about it when we saw the schedule for the Baltimore Ravens this year. Wow, that's a tough second stretch, but that was a good thing because this is a locomotive. This is a team that takes time to build momentum, and they play their best football against the best teams. And they've played against you know division leader Detroit, who people were talking about as a top five team. They played against division leader Seattle Seahawks. Um, who I don't think they were the best team in the division. I think the 49ers have been the best. But record-wise, they were the number one seed in yeah. there, and I think they were the two seed in the NFC. And they go in there, and they just curb stop them. And you're like, okay, they're building that momentum. Now you're coming back into a tough stretch. Division rival, division rival um, with the Cleveland Browns and the Cincinnati Bengals, and you're going to see, okay, how are they able to continue this momentum? Because this defense is playing lights out. The offense is playing very efficient football, and – Joshua, I think this reminds me, this is the closest we've been to 2019. Um, and I think this team is better than 2019, but closest to 2019 in terms of ability to just crush teams. Because remember 2019, it was like, dude, yeah. we play we play random teams, maybe like 52 to 10, I think was week one against the Miami Dolphins. We beat the Rams by like 35 or 40 on in prime time. And that was a good yeah. Rams team. Um, yeah. That was the Rams team that was, uh, that went to the Super Bowl the next year. Um, and so. won it or 
two years after that. But <laughs> that was a team that was like they the Ravens were just crushing all these really good teams. And you're like, okay, this team is legit. And then like the next two years, it was like the Ravens stopped blowing teams out. And like, yes, they could compete and they could beat anybody, but it wasn't, it didn't feel like that oomph of that, oh, I don't want to go into Baltimore. This team has that I don't want to go into Baltimore type of feeling. And remember, we don't have to go on the road for any more divisional games. Yeah, Everybody's got to come to Baltimore. And the hope is they're able to continue pounding teams and continue showing off this great defense. Joshua, they've allowed nine touchdowns. Their defense has allowed nine touchdowns. We've played nine games. We're playing some good football, man. We're playing some good football. I mean, it's unreal. I know every and the one thing I do not like is I don't know how you feel about McConnell. I don't like when the media starts getting a whip of what the Ravens are doing. Because once they start getting a whip of what the Ravens are doing, they start talking about the Ravens. And the Ravens are like the child that you cannot, you can't congratulate. It's like you gotta keep this child uh focused. You can't hey, just because you know you did XYZ doesn't mean you can start slacking off. You know, if, if you got all A's, you know, in school, that doesn't mean you can start taking off, you know, some tests and stop and stop doing your homework. No, you have to stay on it. You have to keep on working. If you want to be perfect, you have to keep working at your craft. And that's where that's where this Ravens team, you know, needs to get, get to that point. You know, I love the fact that Lamar, you know, when he is being interviewed, um, especially when they talked about the whole NFC, you know, record and things of that nature, he deferred it. He just say, hey, man, this is, this is another game. I'm just worried about the next game, you know, hopefully getting another win. And I think when you see your, your head guy, your franchise guy, take that type of leadership role, you know, to kind of defer the media like, hey, again, this is just another game. This is another Sunday. This is another Thursday. This is another Monday. We're trying to get to the second, se- second season of the NFL, which is the playoffs and eventually the Super Bowl. Um, it speaks value. So hopefully, and then you got Roquan Smith, who damn it is like an embodiment living uh, version of Ray Lewis. I mean, I heard his speech. I hear how he's talking in the media. And he ain't, he's standing on business. Um, if, this, if this was a, a, a boxing match, he reminded me of Bud Crawford versus Earl Spence at the weigh-in. He had on black air forces. McCullough, if you ever heard the story of when someone wear black Air Forces, they stand no business. That's a dangerous man. <laughs> yeah, you walk on the other side of the street. You know? You, you so, do not mess around with that. <laughs> Everybody on the defense is wearing black Air Forces, man. I love it, man. I love it. I, you know, I just – I need them to continue uh, clo- uh, shutting out the outside noise. Continue playing their game. Continue being uh, – continue with the, uh, the consistency and execution. That's that's the whole model for the rest of this year for me for the Ravens. So if they stay on it, it's going to be a hell of a ride. Yeah, and I, I just like I, I don't want people's expectations to get too high. Like we don't need to expect the Ravens' defense to go out there and hold teams to under ten every single game. Like that's not yeah. the hope. That's not the expectation. Maybe it's the hope, but it's something where it's like okay, they just need to be you know, able to hold teams and stop them for a little bit. When you go against these high powered offices like the chiefs, you're not going to hold them to 10, but you want to go out there and you want to hold them on three possessions, you know, get like two quick stops in a row. And you're like, okay, boom, we're back in it. Yeah. Cause they're going to score a lot. These high powered offenses, they're going to score a lot. However, if you're able to hold them down for a little bit, for a quarter, 
for for two drives. That that's the difference in, in the modern NFL, right? Yeah. You don't need to win every game like the Ravens did in 2013 to six. <laughs> Instead, you're you're able to win and you're happy with like I loved how the Ravens defense played against the Arizona Cardinals. We allowed over 20 points. Yeah. Like just because it's not like don't look at just the point total, just look at the drives and the stops. Because when the Ravens score quickly on offense, like they did against Arizona, there's more drives and teams are able to uh, get more possessions off and, and you know score more points because of it. Mm-hmm. But they're still playing very good basketball. I'm sorry, I got a basketball on the right. They're playing very good football. I apologize. I'm watching. I'm watching OKC right now. Um, but uh, overall, like I think the Baltimore Ravens and their defense is playing just about as as well as any team in modern football could. And the offense is starting to really get things going. They're starting to pound the ball in the red zone. And this may hurt Lamar Jackson's MVP chances because he's not throwing for a lot of touchdowns, which people are, you know, upset about, you know, when somebody brings up Lamar Jackson for MVP. They're like, what do you mean? His, his stats aren't good. They're like, yeah, the stats aren't great with Lamar Jackson outside of two things yards per attempt. And completion percentage because he is dominating the NFL in those two categories. And that's just the efficiency of the offense. Lamar Jackson's the conductor. The team is the locomotive. Mm -hmm. And right now they're playing better than anybody in the NFL. And hopefully they're able to sustain it uh, come playoff time. Now, something I like uh, against the uh, C that we did against the Seahawks, I want want your opinion on it. Uh, We put Odell in the slot. Um, yeah, I think we need to see. I think we need to see more of that. And it's nothing against Odell. Honestly, I feel like you know, your best route runner, your best hands should be in the slot, because usually the best route runner can be uh, could be arguably the third best uh, corner on the team. And I feel like you know, if you put Zay on the outside, you put Rashad Bateman on the outside. Who is building up confidence these past couple games? So shout out to yeah. him too. Uh, we love to see that. You know, we've been talking about that. You know, we thought, well, we didn't think it, kind of, kind of a little bit. We thought, we thought we had another Miles Boykin situation, but obviously they're putting it together. And um, I think putting that better in, in in a slide position, especially with uh, Od- Odell and his health issues and things of that nature. I think that I think that's going to help the team out a lot. I think it's going to help those uh, young wide receivers uh, progress a lot. And also be- between Odell in the slot, and then you have you know um, Mark Andrews as well um, on the outside, and he pretty much had a, like a Travis Kelsey type of game. If you didn't, yeah. I don't know if you uh, paid attention to it. He kind of was running his own damn routes uh, last Sunday, <laughs> almost, almost. Oh yeah, scored a touchdown doing it. Yeah. Let us see it, man. Actually, no, never mind. I think the only passing touchdown was never mind. That was two weeks ago. But yes, he was running his own routes. He's like the way that the Ravens play offense, the way that Lamar Jackson plays quarterback is, is unlike anything we've ever seen, at least in the modern NFL, because I'm sure you know Frank Tarkenton was was running around and playing playground football, but let's be honest. Very few people have been watching the Frank Tarkenton film uh, as of late. You know, the YA Tittle film. Nobody's watching that anymore, Mm -hmm. right? That's how they used to play, but, like, we're not watching that anymore. So when a quarterback goes out there and he just kind of plays, plays like he's just having fun, he's playing on the playground, it's just like 
it's so unique because you're thinking, why would a guy ever stop here, his route? Like he would. You try and figure out what they're going to do, and you try and run that route for him. Yeah. And Lamar and Mark and and Zay and and even Bateman was doing it too. They'll just be like, no, change. And they'll just do it. And it kind of reminds me, I think the best comp is is Ohio State football um, Mm, because they run an option route type of system um, where most plays, the wide receivers have an option of, okay, they're going to go deep or they're going to break, you know, they're going to run a wide receiver option route. And that's what the team is based on, which is part of the reason why people say that Ohio State quarterbacks can't process the field quickly. And that's because they have to wait to see what the receiver does before they throw because yeah, he might yeah. stop. And then they throw it deep and people are like, man, this guy doesn't know what he's doing. <laughs> the CJ Stroud didn't go first. <clears throat> oh, excuse me. I don't know what that was all about, but shout out to CJ Stroud. Um, Ohio State quarterback. Yeah. But they're, they're just going out there and they're doing things that nobody else is doing in the NFL. And they now have Zay, Bateman, and a lot of people were hating on Bateman because he had a poor game. Joshua, he's been practicing, and he's been getting better. And, like, that's what we've said is because he's on the field and practicing consistently, that's when he's playing good ball. When he misses the, you know, the week of practice and then he's, like, questionable and he's just like, oh, he warms up and plays, it's like it doesn't work out. Like, it just doesn't. Get him on the practice field, which he's been doing, and they're going to succeed with him as a wide receiver three. And – Odell at slot, I love it because he's got the good hands. He's able to get those quick slants open. Um, he's a savvy route runner. He's able to do it all. So I'm, I'm yeah. all in on, on doing that with Odell Beckham Jr. and allowing Zay Flowers to be the guy on the outside because what can you do on the outside? Quick bubble screen, quick screen pass. Um, you know, you can run these, you know, digs. You can run them deep. You can run them, you know, double moves, all that sort of things where I think his game translates better, even though he's smaller. Yeah. This – is the modern NFL. A smaller guy can play on the outside and a bigger guy can play on the inside. Yeah, and uh shout out to Zay too. Uh was that uh was that Devin Wooderspoon or which yeah. Hey, hey, yeah, Zay, shout out to you, baby. You put that boy on skates, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Got him out the way, man. And you know, you love to see it, man. When you know dudes could just cut on a dime, make moves like that. You know, it's a fun nuance. You know, I love the fact how Rashad Bateman, you know, over Bobby Wagner was in the was in the facility, vicinity, excuse me, and he uh, stretched out and caught the ball like, yo, that's your second time in two weeks. You feel me? Fighting for the fighting for the pill, making it making it be known. Like, hey, hold on now. I better watch out. Because I feel like, you know, everybody, I don't I don't know if you watched first take this morning or did you if, if you got a chance to saw it. Uh Stephen A gave us uh top five teams. Ravens number one. What do you say? Uh, Eagles number two. Kansas City number three. Uh, who was I, forgot, I think it was, was that? Bengals? Yeah, Bengals were at four. Jags at five. Yeah. And, you know, of course, everybody gave a critique, you know. And Jeff Saturday said, well, um, why are we putting why are we putting the best the, the team in the NFL with the best record at number one, at, at number two? When you just said X, Y, Z, and things still got to be ran through the AOC, things still have to be ran through the Chiefs and the AOC. When we're talking about this season, the most dangerous team is Baltimore. And I'm not just hopping on Baltimore's bandwagon because I'm a Ravens fan. Just look at it. Yes, you still have, you still got to respect the Eagles, of course, but they're not the same Eagles from that Super Bowl team. They got new faces, new pieces, and they didn't, and they're struck, 
And I mean, honestly, they struggle. They struggle more than us against their own NFC rivalry games. When versus when we struggle against like the Steelers or the Bengals, they <laughs> they barely got that damn Cowboys game this past Sunday. Chiefs, yeah. uh, Chiefs just lost to Russell Wilson. I mean, yeah, the defense playing great. Defense playing great ball. They went to Germany, you know, beat down Miami. Miami can't, Miami can't be the team that has a winning record over five hundred and things of that nature. But the Baltimore Ravens is a scary sight to see right now. I'm pretty sure this defense is top ten in interceptions and turnovers, and possibly and possibly sacks as well. Um, I know you. I know you know the numbers. Um, Let's check the numbers. Let's see. <laughs> Let's check the number. I know we're number one in sack. We better be number one in sacks. Um, I'm pretty sure we are. Let's see here. Team defense leaders. We lead the league in sacks. Okay. Interceptions, we are one, two, three, four, five, six. We're tied for sixth. Okay. Top ten. Top ten, we take that. Actually, no, we're tied for fifth. Okay. Top five. Um, and I can't see phone turnovers. But we're top top five in yards. Top five in completion percentage allowed. Mm-hmm. Top two in yards per game passing. Just passing yards. Here, I'll go to total. Here we go. Total yards. Top two in total yards, 262 per game. Okay. And we're number one in points. Listen, I know, I know we're not all, you know, we're not supposed to always go by the numbers game and stuff like that. We we don't always go by the PFF uh rankings and things of that nature. But right now, and I and I will argue our second slate of our, of our season may be tougher than some of those other guys. And we gonna and and everybody's gonna see how we are really battle tested and how we fare. Honestly, if San Fran gets it together on Christmas Day, that's gonna be a that's gonna be the prequel to the possible Super Bowl to a possible Super Bowl matchup. Yeah. I low key got San Fran once they get Debo back and they get things rolling, maybe be, possibly beating out the Eagles. I'm gonna say it. I, I do like they could possibly beat out the Eagles. Yeah, I also think, like, remember, Joshua, we talk about this every year in the offseason when the schedule comes out. Look at when the primetime games are. Ravens have not played in primetime. It's coming up. We got Bengals in primetime. We've got Jaguars in primetime. We've got mm-hmm. uh, we've got Niners in primetime. We have Chargers in primetime. We have four primetime games. Chargers, yeah. Bengals, Jaguars. And uh, Chargers, all and the Distillers keep, and the Distillers keep on winning. Winning, uh, I know that's a TBD. That possibly will be, yeah, a primetime game. That'd be a great Sunday night football to end the season. Is Ravens Steelers? Tell me about it. Playoff <laughs> playoff implications on the line right now. The AFC North is the entire wild card. It's crazy. It's crazy as hell right now, and I'm loving it. And, I mean, I don't like I don't like everybody else, but I love the fact that everybody is. I love the fact that everybody is now getting a mojo back at least, um, and they're making they're making a fight charge. I know everybody, yeah. you know, try to put so much emphasis on you know Joe Barrow and you know Josh Allen and stuff like that. By all means, keep it going. 
put all your emphasis on them. When we match up against them, I promise you this playoff this time around and this year's playoff, it will be a different story. You have a vocal line, you have a vocal leader on that defensive side of the ball that is not gonna go, that's not gonna go out quietly. Also, you now have an offense, you know, where hey, he's feeling comfortable. That that, that franchise QB is feeling comfortable. Did you did you yeah. I, did you not see that he took over? Um, I forgot which quarter it was when he started he started running a hurry up offense. Getting everybody to the field, uh, to the line of scrimmage, making making those uh, sharp passes, moving the ball, uh, giving the ball up to Keaton Mitchell. Man, listen, Tom Munkin, Tom Munkin and Lamar keep on building their trust for each other and keep on letting them do his thing. Listen, it's about it's going to be a scary sight. I know people had they had their doubts and things of that nature. Everybody's throwing a pick. Tom Brady's throwing a pick. Peyton Manning's throwing a pick. Aaron Rodgers definitely throwing some picks. Uh, Pat Mahomes. Drew some picks. Josh Allen, uh, let's not even talk about him. Joey, he's thrown some picks. That stuff happens. And one thing for certain, two things for sure, I can say that Lamar is stepping into a weak class of QBs, and he does know how to win. Yeah, and knowing how to win is a very strange concept because every player's in the NFL, I mean, it, if somebody can find an example of a player in the NFL that this isn't the case, they've won at some point. Whether it was college success or high school success, they've won. Like if there's if there's an NFL player that just was on a horrible high school team and then a horrible college football team and then a horrible NFL team, let me know because I, I I'm yeah. very interesting to see that. Those numbers, but most of the time it's like, oh yeah, this guy dominated, especially at the quarterback position, right? Oh yeah, this guy was a three-time state champion. Like this, like every quarterback, it seems like in the NFL nowadays. And then you oh. see the, uh, you know, running backs, and it's like, oh yeah, this guy was the rushing leader in high school, which makes sense. They were the best player. They made it to the NFL. But but winning in the NFL is different. It's harder mm-hmm. because everybody gets to that level and they've won. And Lamar Jackson is one of the best winners the NFL has ever seen. He just consistently goes out there and does exactly what he needs to do to win. Sometimes it's not pretty. Yeah. And, and it's a it's a bad game from him. But you know, down the stretch of that game, you know, there's nobody I'd rather have than Lamar Jackson trying to leave it lead a drive. And I think it's the same thing when you look at other guys that are seen as winners, right? I think Tom Brady's the best one. How many ugly-ass December football games did we watch the New England Patriots go, oh, we're down 13-6 to in the fourth quarter, and then they're able to come back and win because they just just get it right at the right time, and they go down and get that one drive that they need to win the game. And that's what I feel like the Ravens do with Lamar Jackson. And that's that was the disconnect, right? Lamar yeah. to Huntley, right? It was like they'd be in the same type of games. And with Lamar, it was like the Ravens win every time. And then with Huntley, it was like just fell short, right? How many one-possession games did we lose with Tyler Huntley as the starter? All of them? <laughs> like, like Tyler Huntley started his career. He was like 0-6. And they were all one possession, three-point final drive situation games where we just couldn't close the deal. 
because the execution was just a little bit off. But with Lamar Jackson, down the stretch of the game, trying to close it out or whatever it is, I got full faith in number eight to get it done. Just like I do oh, sure. with number nine. Like, they're going to get it done. Yeah, well, I mean, with number nine, as long as you stay away from Royal Farms Chicken, he'd be okay. Because um, uh, I, I, do y'all got Wild Wilds out there? We do not. Okay, but y'all do y'all do have like gas stations where they sell food and stuff like that. Things oh, of that yeah. nature, right? Yeah. So that's how Royal Farms is. Big one chicken sells gas, snacks, all that good stuff. Okay. And a lot of the, a lot of the guys, um, uh, either it's like MNC Bank, um, the actual bank that they are the spokesperson for that place, or either Royal Farms. Right now, Justin Tucker is the spokesperson for Royal Farms, and um, <laughs> I don't know where he'd be hanging out in Baltimore. Uh, I know you, um, you used some Baltimore slang on one video, and um, he always, you know, doing the Royal Farm commercials. I need to stay away whatever part of Baltimore he be at, and I need him to stay away from that Royal Farms chicken because we're gonna need him. But um, I mean, I love I love the fact that Brandon, you know, he brought up the fact that hey, we got the Cleveland Browns, and I don't even believe Week Four was at full strength, and now it may be out of two out of out of that fifty three man roster today, only two guys in the practice. I, I, we said it early. These guys going to be hurt. Let them be hurt early in the season. Yes. Excuse me, because when they come back, they're going to come back at the right time, and that's exactly what everybody, just about everybody is doing. We don't know the, we don't know the significance of Tyus Bowser, David Ojabo. I believe Marcus Williams has returned to practice, and Morgan Moses has also returned to practice. But Morgan Moses is a give and take with him sometimes. We just – you just never know which Morgan most we're gonna get, so you know we really don't count him. Um, <laughs> but I do hope he's. I do hope 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 he is ready against uh, for Zedarius or even Miles Garrett. Uh, we use we can use all the strength um, on both sides of the ball for sure. And uh, yeah, and I love the fact that he brought up that we didn't you know we didn't have a Calvin Noy neither in week four. So we do you know with that addition you know I'm still. I'm, uh, Jason, Jason away. As long as he keep on progressing, you know, he has he, he's he, he has to continue to show me something. <laughs> he has to continue showing me something, and I feel like he can. But did, I feel like he missed. Did he miss another sack last week? He missed. I know he missed the open one. He he did miss one sack, but he did get another. He did get a sack okay. in the game, but he did miss okay. one. Um, Gino ended up scrambling. He got like he, he didn't get a big gain. It was like a couple yards, but he did okay. miss one. Okay, and, and you know, I know he, I know he was in the front of you know the press is talking about ten sacks and all this other stuff. And for any player, you're supposed to have high expectations for yourself, and you're supposed to be playing at a high clip. You know, they they clearly see something in you. Um, I'm waiting to see it. I'm waiting to see it. And uh, when he does show it to the world and to myself, by all means. He has another supporter. <laughs> but right now, you know, I'm kind of, yeah. I'm, I'm kind of on the fence. I want to see him succeed though, but I'm kind of, I'm on the fence right now. But uh, Adafi, I do hope he continues to make progression because I feel like he can be one of, another key factor on that front seven that's going to help us out along with just the man of BK, Travis Jones, and company. Yeah, and I think that this defense, I think that's the best part about the defense is it, it's not one guy. Like yeah. Kyle Van Noy, two sacks in a row. 
and then had the second one being a strip sack to end the first half and give the Ravens the ball back after they fumbled themselves. Like, you know, we see Clowney dominate for stretches. Then we see um, Justin Matabike dominate for stretches. We see Michael Pierce dominate for stretches. And we've seen Adafi away dominate for stretches. Every single player, you know, the Ravens defensive line, they're not known, but they they're they're all unsung heroes on this defense because everyone talks about them, right? And they bring up mm-hmm. Marlon, they bring up Geno Stone, they obviously bring up Roquan, they bring up PQ. Yeah, very few people are bringing up Kyle Van Noy, Justin Matabike, and the rest of those guys on that defensive front getting those sacks because that's what makes the defense go is the is the pressure, the sacks, the the quarterbacks can't get comfortable. They can't get comfortable. And then you see passes like Gino through to Gino where they got to get the ball that, out quickly. We called that one. We called that one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was hyped as hell when I saw that one. He definitely, tried to, so he definitely tried to press the issue. Yeah, it's just like they get flustered. Because when you're hit over and over and over and over again, you want to get the ball out quicker. You get afraid when somebody beats their man or you start to see someone make a move. You're like, I got to throw it a little bit quicker. I got to, yeah. you know, rush my release. Yeah. The Ravens are doing that to every quarterback they face and it's getting them turnovers and bad throws. And, and it's just, it's just making the defense get that much better. No, exactly. I mean, and, if, and the even funnier thing about it, you don't even hear too much about the corners. And we talked about it, you know, in the beginning of the season. One, one department of that defense is going to have to step up to take all pressure off one another. And it's yeah. been the front seven. Granted, Brandon Stevens has played great ball. When Ronald Darby has stepped in, he has shown that he still can play at a good clip. You know, shout out to him in the recovery of the ACL, and he's been staying healthy. You know, shout out getting Marlon Humphrey back. Even though Marcus Williams went down, Geno Stone stepped right in. Um, Kyle Hamilton, he's a – I'm not going to say he's a headhunter, but he is a thumper for sure. He plays good ball. I do feel like that was a BS call over in London. Um, But, hey, that's their way of calling – that's their way of saying that they're trying to protect the players. Um, Can't – can't – it's so much you can argue now in this uh, this nuance of of football because they're doing it in college too. So – yeah. But this front seven, like you said, man, they got a lot of unsung heroes right now. And these boys are shining. And, um, yeah, Spooky J, Ronald Darby is still on the team, surprisingly. When you, when, you don't hear, when you don't hear somebody's name come up, that could either be a good or bad thing. But he's on the field. Rock your son. Rock your son. Excuse me. EB's on the field. We see Arthur Millett, um has made his appearance. Um, getting, you know, on those, on those uh, bliss packages and things of that nature. So yeah, yeah, those guys are out there, man. Um, but no, nah, I mean, I, I love it. The, 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 the real question is, how are we going to pay these young men? <laughs> That's the real question. Hey, Matta be gay first. I said it a couple weeks ago. Yeah. I'm saying it again. That's the guy you have to keep on your defense. It's Justin Matta be gay. Do we feel like him? Do we feel like with Roquan? Do we feel like Justin is a hundred dollar man? I think Justin might be a $110 million man. Like, I think I think he's probably getting $20 million, Or at least $18. i would pay him $20 million a year. 
because like that type of interior pressure is so rare in the NFL. Like it's, it's two guys. Mm-hmm. It's uh, Aaron Donald and it's Chris Jones. Like that's yeah. it. Those are the two guys that have been able to do it. And Matabike is doing it better than anybody else in the NFL. And yeah. because of his dominance, teams are allowing one-on-ones with everybody on the outside. And that's why the Ravens outside guys get sacks. And then they go, man, Calvin Noy's doing well. We got to double team him. And then Matabike just splits the splits the middle, gets through that A-gap. You're like, well, there goes the pocket. Yeah. And, and Mike McDonald's done a great job with the stunts and blitz packages to be able to get it. But I also said something else at the beginning of the season, Josh. I don't know if you remember. Keep Mike McDonald at all costs. Oh. At all costs. Listen, if that means letting go, brother, uh, a gym, I'm all for it. Yeah. I'm all for it because um, <laughs> I feel like his course has rained. I've been felt like that. Um, but yeah, I, I, like, I, like, I like the fact that uh, I don't, I think, I think if, if Justin Medebigay wants to stay in Baltimore, I feel like they could work out a deal. Yeah, if he's looking for big money, um, I see, I see him leaving. I do, I, I, I definitely can see him leaving. But I feel like they, he'll, they'll, he will be first priority because if you let him leave, you're asking Travis Jones, Broderick Washington to now step up, and it has been, that's not the case yet. I feel like Travis Jones could be a household name, but you know he's, he's not getting that much uh, rep because Michael Pierce is playing good ball. Michael Pierce is playing yeah. good ball. Uh, he's playing like how he did when he started here in his rookie year almost. And we have uh, $27 million in cap space for next it's year. Be tough. It's going to be tough. And Ronnie Stanley's making $26 million next year. So if we were to part with Ronnie, not saying I want that, but if we were, we could save $17 million um, as well. But also remember... We got the franchise tag. <laughs> so we could use that on, on either. Probably we would use it on Meta PK over a Patrick Queen because Patrick Queen, you don't want to pay like a top because I think salary, the the tag is you're paid as the fifth highest pay, player at that position, I want to say, yeah. or something around that. You don't want to pay Patrick Queen as the fifth highest paid linebacker. But you'd pay Justin Matabike as the fifth highest paid interior defensive lineman. So, like, it's more worth it for that. So, you know, we could definitely franchise tag him, but I'd rather just get him, get him the big extension. And I don't know if you saw some people talk about Chadaway Marcus Williams. Do y'all not, excuse me, do y'all not know who our defensive coordinator is? Uh, (laughs) I'm going to remind him who our defensive coordinator is. Mike. Mike McDonald. Then Mike McDonald at, at Michigan ran three corners. I mean, excuse me, three safeties at one point. Yes, sir. Yeah, he loves so, the three safety look. So no, hell no. I would never. I'm not trading away Marcus Williams. Um, when Marcus when Marcus Williams come back healthy, and they find a way to keep Geno Stone around, him and Kyle Hamilton, all all three back there, it's going to be a spooky damn sight. I promise you. Don't be surprised if we do not see that against, you know, a possible Cincinnati team. <laughs> I, I, I wouldn't be surprised. If we get Marcus Williams back uh, by, by that Thursday night game, I feel like we will possibly see a three-safety uh, defensive lineup. Oh, yeah. I mean, look who they got over in Cincinnati. Dax Hill, guy they used in the three tight end, or three safety sets. Yeah. 
and they're going to need it. I mean, you got you uh, still, you know, Cincinnati has arguably one of the best uh, wide receiver cores. Joe Barrow is going to try to throw the ball. What's the best thing to do? Put put one of your best athletic athletes on their tight end. Have have your ball hawk, you know, stay over top in Marcus Williams, and you know, have Geno have Geno Stone roam around that uh, mid on that mid level. Our defense, exactly. our, our front, our front seven is putting in enough pressure. Where I feel like they will flush out Joe Barrow, and Joe Barrow will be distressed as hell. Yeah, and Mike McDonald's done a good job against the Bengals. Um, the Ravens have done a good job defensively against most teams in the against every team in the AFC North uh, yeah. because they face them so much that they, they know how they want to operate and they're able to kind of limit some things. But again, that doesn't mean we're going to lock any team down. Uh, we got a tough matchup against the Browns. We got a tough matchup against the Bengals. But, you know, looking at this week, um, our first time facing Deshaun Watson in a while, at least when the Ravens are at full strength. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm excited to see how this defense plays against them because when we played against them the first time, they were kind of getting used to just using Jerome Ford. They didn't, they had PJ Walker at quarterback. No, they had Dorian Thompson Robinson at quarterback. I think PJ came in like PJ like might have come in at the end because yeah. DTR was he was struggling, <laughs> he was yeah. struggling against the Ravens yeah. defense. But now we know, like. Makes sense. Makes sense why he was struggling against the Ravens defense. This is a really darn good defense. But I don't know. I'm just excited to see how they play out the rest of the season. Knocking on wood, hopefully the team's able to stay healthy. But, you know, this has been a lot of fun. You know, Keaton Mitchell having that breakout game. It's just like the next step of like, I think teams watching the Ravens are like, man, they got this now. Yeah. Like, really? Yeah. Kind of reminds me of like when the Warriors just kept getting like random vets that were like former stars. It's like, dude, how did they sign Demarcus Cousins? You're like, really? Like, did you really need Boogie? But they still got him because they're like, like well, why not? <laughs> between you know, I don't, I, I do not like the Warriors, but I give them their respect. They do know how to get vets, and they do know how to develop guys out, out and bring them out of the, out the G League and um, plug yeah. them in where they need to be plugged in and. Uh, in the regular season, so um, shout out to shout out to that organization. They've been doing it for a while. Because how look at the development of you know Steph Curry. He's a household name. He's a household yeah. name. Um, Spooky Jay. I don't know how I feel about this baby. Um, I'm fine cutting Ronnie and OBJ in favor of Makari and the wide receiver in the draft. Well, OBJ's a one year deal. He's on, so. yeah, he's on a one year contract. If anything, I see. If it came down to it, I don't see Ronnie not restructuring his deal. He's done it. Many, That's true. He's done it uh, on many, many occasions. Marlon Humphrey also done it on many occasions. Hell, even if it gets tight enough, I could see Roquan say, hey, man, we need to keep this guy. Do what we got to do. Yeah. Let's, let's talk it out. No, we could definitely get a, a Marlon restructure. We could definitely get a Mark Andrews restructure. Mm-hmm. We could get a uh, uh, we could definitely get a Ronnie restructure. He's making 11 million dollars in uh base salary. I mean, Lamar could restructure if he wanted. Lamar probably wouldn't restructure, it's only year two. But the Ravens definitely have some options with you know how they can handle some of the things. But you know, remember if the Ravens do sign Odell back, um, they could actually save money because of how they uh deferred some of the money in the contract to help the salary cap. 
yeah. the rollover years, I believe it's called. So like next year, Odell has an eleven million dollar cap hit. And the only honestly, way to get rid of that is to resign him. That's true too. Yeah. Honestly, y'all, um, is Gus on his last year of his contract extension? Dang, that's a good question. I feel like he is. Let me check. No, Gus Edwards is under contract next year. All right, so hey, we good on that. But um, no, no, we didn't draft. We didn't draft the left tackle, Brandon. We drafted the right tackle. If you're referring to Daniel Falalele, he's an actual right tackle. Unless Salah, but we're not starting Salah. I'll say that <laughs> he's not yeah. playing left tackle for us. I mean, how we got a red shirt, we got a red shirt right guard right now. Uh, yep. Looking forward to seeing. I'm looking forward to see what he can do. If anything, if we make it in the late rounds in the first round, um, which nine times of ten, you know, we that's what's going to happen. That's what that's what's like going to happen. We're going to be um, maybe maybe mid twenties, um, maybe even thirty two uh, come this year and this year's draft. Yeah, uh, at thirty two, if Keon Coleman is there, I'm pulling the trigger. If we let Odell. Uh, if we let Odell work. Excuse me, I'm drafting. I'm drafting uh, Keon Coleman. Dude, Keon Coleman with that size, with Zay Flowers and like Rashad Bateman. I'm, I'll, I'd love that. I love Keon Coleman. I'm a huge fan of that Florida You're State team. Talking about a six four athlete. I don't know about you, McConnor. I'm watching Florida State versus uh, Miami this weekend. <laughs> oh yeah, I, I watch as much Florida State as I can. I love Jordan Travis. Yeah, Keon Coleman. Playing good ball. I love. I really love that whole team um, and the way that they play because they're, they're just a fun team to watch. And the running back. Oh man, that's that's my guy. Like, that's a fun team to watch. I'd love to get somebody off of that squad as long as it's not Jordan Travis because we don't need. Yeah, a we're good. Yeah, we're good on that. We're gonna. Work. We're good there. But is there anything else you want to talk about in this episode, Joshua? No, man. I'm good, man. You know, I'm I'm ready for Sunday. Uh, it's going to be a long slate. It's going to be a long slate. You know, we got Sunday, then we move straight on straight into Thursday night football. So um, I hope these guys are well rested. I hope these guys are prepared, man. And um, you know, I thank for everybody, of course, coming through. You know, talking talking with us, having fun with us, man. This is what we love to do, man. This is what we love to do. We love to uh, see our guys win, constantly get better, and um, let's keep on flying, bro. Absolutely. Thank y'all. Thank y'all so much for coming through. Subscribe for more. We'll see all you again next time.